Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Let the games begin. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not just release his fundraising haul for the first three months of the campaign. Joe Biden did. And get this, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, man, oh boy, oh man. Biden sucks. Now, the good news is money came in. In fact, it was a big old pile of it. The bad news is he got nothing, nothing from small donors. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. We're going to discuss it today because the Democrats who would have you believe they're the party of the little guy are getting all their money from the rich. Democrats are so full of crap. They really are. Uh, Big news on the campaign trail. Ron DeSantis shaking up his team as well. We're going to discuss all of that. Tommy Lahren's going to be here. She's, of course, a superstar outkick contributor, the host of Tommy Lahren is Fearless. Uh, We're also going to talk to James Comer, man who is leading the very investigation into the Biden family. Come on, man. And Jason Chaffetz, a Fox News contributor. A multimedia matinee idol going to join us as well as we kick off the week. 888-788-9910. If you want in to a show that has one rule, we just, we don't care. I'm not an activist. It doesn't matter. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No man. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Just don't be a happy Monday, everybody. And it's uh, good to be back in action. I will tell you this. Uh, this week for me is, is psychotic. Uh, I am hosting Fox News Saturday night, this coming Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. So you'll see me all over your TV in the meantime, but we have a lot of filming to do, a lot of writing to do. Uh, they're going to let me work some of the songs in that we play on this show into the bump outs. That's what we did the last time around when I hosted the show. A couple times we bumped out to commercial with some of the original content we create for you here on the radio. So this weekend is big for us in terms of the movement because we get to expand our, our reach that much more. So if you're interacting with me on the social media, at Jimmy Fela on Twitter, if you're messaging me on the Fox Across America Facebook page, just be patient because uh, it does take a minute when a guy like me is taking over the world. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? The little guy not digging the Biden campaign. Now, let me give you the headline as we start the week. Okay, Biden, he reannounced he, you know, that he was running for president a second time a little over three months ago. I don't remember that ever happening. In that time, okay, he's pulled in about 72 million bucks in the latest quarter, about 72 million, which is big money. And traditionally, if you're a campaign and you lead the league in fundraising, you go, wow, this is great. We've got big money coming in. Okay, what could possibly go wrong? Wrong. I mean, seriously, a lot. (laughs) If you don't believe me, ask Jeb Bush. 
You know, he raised more money than anybody heading into the 2016. The current front runner in fundraising is Ron DeSantis. And I got to be honest with you. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Those aren't my words. When I was going to say, <laughs> I just got jumped by Trump. <laughs> DeSantis, if you're listening, I didn't call you a slob. Uh, Trump did. But the point is, DeSantis, leading the league in fundraising on the Republican side of the aisle, is having a real hard time of it right now. So much so that we're going to do a story in this hour about them shaking up their campaign team, uh, firing, I think it was a, a dozen staffers, and they're expected to fire more people because they're in a mess of it right now. So fundraising isn't the be-all, end-all. The reason we're reporting on Biden's fundraising is because the Democrats would have you believe they're the party of the little guy. That is a fact-check false. Let me read you this, okay? And this is the scam, and this is the part you always have to remember when we're talking about politics. I... Uh, probably the least educated person behind a microphone on a nationally syndicated talk show today, by far and away. And I own that. I think it's a badge. I think it's great. I'm just a regular guy. I'm just giving you a human take on how this stuff affects us. That's my superpower. Okay, I own a politics to English dictionary. Okay, I am so well-versed in human nature that I can translate these actions from a 20,000-foot level and explain how they'll ultimately wind up affecting you. So in the case of Biden, okay, When it comes to uh, small-dollar donations, defined as anything under $200, okay, that is, in terms of Biden's haul, just $10 million of the $72 million that he wound up taking in, okay? $10 million, meaning 85% of the money he took in came from the rich. Bingo. Okay, why is that significant? Why does that matter? Okay, because it's another example of how this administration, their agenda, their reelection campaign is very popular with people who are completely out of touch with the living conditions in this country. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Do you want to know why little people aren't donating to the Biden campaign? Because they can't afford it with inflation. You want to know why they're not donating? Because gas prices are still $1.30 higher than they was when they took office. There you go. Okay, companies are laying off people. If you're an entry-level worker, you're getting laid off. You're not going to run out and donate to the presidential campaign that presided over it. If you run a small business, you're not going to run out and donate to the guy who crushed your ability to hire in a pandemic world by implementing mask mandates and vaccine mandates and everything in between. Never mind that the enhanced unemployment benefits they paid, in which some states were giving folks more money to stay home than it did to go to work, was ultimately crushing the little guy. You see, Biden's popular with the rich because Democratic policies in the last three years have presided over the largest generational transfer of wealth from the middle class to the rich that we've ever seen in this country. Okay, prolonged lockdowns made the big box retailers super duper rich. Okay, the guy who owns one store in the neighborhood that's not allowed to open up doesn't have the website infrastructure to be doing the same amount of volume over the Internet. Okay, you know who does? The big box retailer, the target of the world. Although if you're going to target, be careful. Because the changing rooms mean something totally different to your kids in Target. <laughs> you send your son into a changing room at Walmart, he's just coming out in a new shirt. You send a son into a changing room in Target, he's coming out as your daughter. It's a mess, man. What the hell is the world coming to? But the point is, the rich love the Democrats. 
because the rich are the only ones benefiting from their policies. I think he's got a point. Okay, who benefits from climate policies? Do you? Does the guy running a pizzeria benefit when the government says you got to get rid of your oven and buy a $10,000 new one? Is that benefiting the little guy running the pizzeria? The answer would be no. Of course not. Okay, when California bans all gas-powered vehicles by the by the year 2035, so you're now all forced, if you need a new car, to buy an electric one with an average sticker price of $66,000 a car, does that benefit the little guy? The answer would be no. Neither did the school closures. Neither does their refusal to allow parents school choice. The little guy gets screwed by Democrats standing in the way of school choice because the little guy can't afford private school. Okay, the Democrats push things Okay, like unlimited backing for teachers unions, no matter how many stupid things they do and say to your kid, because the teachers unions are the biggest lobbying arm of the Democratic Party, them and the climate crowd. So there's nothing the Democrats are pushing that is popular with people being affected by it. No different than defund the police. Anybody walking the streets of America was not in favor of defunding the police. Dude, I knew criminals who were scared. <laughs> I can't say bad. Who am I going to call if I'm dealing my weed and I get robbed? Okay. The criminals are scared of the Democrats. It's, that, it's out of control right now. They've turned the streets into, you know, the movie Grand Theft Auto, the video game Grand Theft Auto, where you're just living in the purge and there are no consequences. So the people who donate, I'm going to give you some of this. It's, 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 it's stunning. Okay. Over the same period when Obama was running for reelection in 2012, his small money donations were twice as high as Biden's, meaning Biden has taken in 10 million in small money. Obama had taken in 21 million at the same time. So, again, not a roaring economy. Obama presided over the, one of the most anemic recoveries from a recession we had ever seen. He was the guy who famously said, oh, you're not going to wave a wand and get GDP above 2 percent. Wrong. OK, Trump nearly doubled that. In some quarters, he got it up to 5 percent. But the point is, even in a weak Obama economy, he was able to raise more small money donations than Biden was. Okay, what the Biden officials are saying, according to these reports, is that, you know, the lack of a clear Republican opponent is what's keeping us from getting those small money donations. Come on, don't bullshit me. The the lack of an opponent by... First of all, every single Republican gets treated like Trump. Second of all, Biden's whole administration... Okay, has been an exercise in him just running against Trump when they want to pass a bill. MAGA, they don't like it. You know, they want you to support some type of climate policy. Well, the MAGA guys, they don't care about Mother Nature being racist. We need climate change money. Everything he's done is MAGA. We had the ultra MAGA, the mega MAGA, the I can't believe it's not MAGA. He's worked it into everything he's done. Joe Biden's fundraising with small donors is not tanking because he doesn't have an opponent. It's tanking because Joe Biden himself is the number one opponent facing the American people. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Okay, let me give you this. Jeffrey Katzenberg. Okay. Hollywood honcho. He's Biden's number one donor right now. He's donated eight hundred and eighty nine thousand dollars. $889,000. Does that sound like the behavior of a guy who's operating with the little people in mind? $800. I mean, it's staggering amounts of money. Like, what would would they be willing to give if Biden 
could go the correct way when he exited a speech? <laughs> like, what would they be willing to give if he wasn't trying to save the Queen of England because he thought she was still alive? Like, if you'll give $889,000 to a guy who quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished, what would you be willing to give to a coherent, functioning person who had the country in good shape? But here's the deal. Country's not in good shape. Country's in bad shape. But you know who's in good shape? All of these rich people because the policies have favored them. So you get Katzenberg with $889,000. Ten donors, okay, have sent over $500,000 each. I got to be honest. Do you know any middle class people who could afford to send $500,000 to the most historically unpopular president in the history of our country? The answer would be no. No, you don't. Okay, 82 donors have sent over $100,000 apiece. Okay, Lin-Manuel Miranda from Hamilton. You know how, like, it's called cultural appropriation if you, you know, dress as a member of a race other than your own? It's called whitewashing if you were to take a film role and cast a white person in it who was technically playing another race. Well, in that, you know... Rules for the not-for-me world the Democrats live in. Lin-Manuel Miranda is famous. Why? Because he took the all-white cast of Hamilton and made them black. It's a great play, uh, but it's weapons-grade hypocritical. But they got away with it because those rules about cultural appropriation and casting roles in different ethnicities only apply only apply to people who don't vote Democrat. But anyway, Lin-Manuel Miranda, 20000 of the re-election campaign. Okay, Seth MacFarlane from Family Guy. They do a lot of funny stuff on that show. He gave 100000 He's loaded. Altman, uh, oh my goodness gracious, gave $200,000. Music, music composer Michael Skloff gave $100,000. Okay, think about that. That's crazy. Some guy Hastings gave 100000 Producer Marcy Carsey gave 100000 Think about that. Okay, Broadway producer Edward Snowdon, not Edward Snowden, gave 125000 Okay. They've got all this money coming in from the people who aren't affected by their policies. Tell them like it is. But the reason these people love Biden, they don't think he's doing a good job. You can't look out at the country and think he's doing a good job for the country. But they understand he's the face of an agenda that gives them whatever the hell they want. So Biden, to be honest, not popular with the voters, but he's immensely popular with the people who are benefiting from the fact that this is an iTunes user agreement of a presidency. Biden's not in charge. I've told you this a thousand times. They hand him an executive order, tell him to scroll to the bottom and click I agree. And if he attempts to ask a question about it, they're like, listen, old man, you want your pudding cup or what? Shut up and sign it. And he signs it. That's how this works. Okay, that's how we got as many executive orders as we did when he initially took office. They reconfigured the whole country in the first three weeks, okay, because they had nothing to do but make him sign stuff, killed the Keystone Energy Pipeline, opened up the border, outside, or it sourced our domestic energy production, okay? All of those things happened because people have more pull in this administration than any administration in history. And the problem is the people with all this pull have a lot of money but there's no correlation between wealth and intelligence. So they'll keep on subsidizing Biden in hopes that they get to keep pulling the strings for another year. And it might very well work out for them, but don't expect it to work out for you and me is the point. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes 
on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing at 888-788-9910. Tommy Lahren's coming up. James Comer's coming up. Jason Chaffetz also coming up as well. It's going to be a banger. Uh, but right now, a lot of you and me time this week. A lot of good radio action going down. It's a, lot, it's a weird time, man. Uh, I'll tell you, as the re-election thing gets going on the Biden side, what we're starting to see happen on the Republican side is people, it's so crowded, and the threshold for making that first debate is such that with 40,000 unique donations needed to be on that Republican stage in August on August the 23rd here on the Fox News Channel, think about this. We were talking about Biden and his appeal to the rich. Biden right now wouldn't currently meet the debate threshold in the Republican Party. He doesn't have enough small voters actually supporting what he does. So this is significant. Again, it's fundraising, okay? But fundraising is very indicative of the condition of the country that you're trying to do the fundraising in. That's the situation for Biden. On the Republican side, you know, some people are making money. DeSantis has brought in big money. Trump's brought in pretty big money. I mean, DeSantis has brought in twice as much as Trump. But Trump would tell you that's just indicative of DeSantis being beholden to more special interest. Okay, there's a, you know, a lot of variables for why it's the thing. But we're going to talk in the next break about the DeSantis situation because the campaign, for whatever you think of it, okay, they're not facing live ammo yet. They're not debating. We're not really going head to head with Trump. But for whatever you think of it, you could love DeSantis. He's not closing the gap. Okay, Trump is under two indictments right now. There is no indication that DeSantis is going to be able to close that gap nationally. Okay, and what they're starting to realize is if they want to beat Trump, They're going to have to take this approach and fight a more targeted battle. Targeted battle means attack the early voting states. Don't worry about the national polls because that ship has sailed. Okay, there is no, you know, there's no debate about who the most popular person in the Republican Party happens to be. It's Donald Trump. People are showing up tens of thousands of people to see him in person. Because he's just so humble. You're about to hear the greatest speech you've ever heard. But the truth is, you know, they like the guy. They enjoy him. 
They like the fact that he's not speaking in carefully curated sound bites. They like the fact that the elites hate him. Donald Trump, a Fifth Avenue billionaire, is the most punk rock thing in America right now because he's still the one guy giving the finger to the entire establishment, including the establishment in his own party. So I don't see how DeSantis is going to draw the distinction, but clearly neither did his staff because he's fired over a dozen of them. We're going to get into it, and we're going to get you an update on the White House cocaine scandal because John Kirby spoke a little while ago, and we'll give you an update on that next on Fox Across America. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Everybody has a hot take on the White House cocaine investigation, including Donald Trump, who spoke over the weekend at the Turning Point event. Here's the Trump man weighing in, clip 15. And despite having done nothing wrong, the White House just announced they've dropped the investigation into the West Wing cocaine scandal of just a few days. Think of it. They have cocaine going into the White House. They've got more cameras than any building probably in the world. It's opposite the Situation Room. I said it the other day, first time, you know, Situation Room, know it very well. Probably the most important room anywhere in the world. That's where war is decided, where nuclear is decided, where everything is decided. They say, oh, gee, we didn't have any cameras. Like hell, they didn't. (laughs) Listen, here's the thing. Nobody, like not a person. Not a single person in either party truly believes that the Secret Service couldn't figure out whose cocaine it was if they wanted to. Most people believe, as I do, they know whose cocaine it was, but it wouldn't benefit them to tell us because it's either a high-ranking official or, oh, I don't know, maybe a member of the Biden family. Hunter's a dirtbag. Okay. They've gone to such lengths... To try to make it, ah, well, you know, it's a heavily trafficked area. Yo, it's the White House. It's not, uh, you know, just any old random place in America that a lot of people walk. It's not Times Square. It's the White House. You got to get sniffed by dogs. You got to go through metal detectors. There, every inch of the White House is on camera. Every single inch. The idea 
that someone could get a white powder in is preposterous. That white powder at the time it came in could have been anything. So they couldn't have seen it and went, wow, don't worry about that white baggie this guy has on him. It's just cocaine. No. Okay, they it got in. Okay, because somebody who didn't have to go through security got it in. Anyone who went through security would have been caught. Ergo, that narrows the pool all the way down. But here is John Kirby, Fox News Sunday, claiming with a straight face that they did their best with the cocaine investigation. Clip 16. I can't really speak to the investigation that was done by the Secret Service. Uh, they did the best they could to, to track down uh, how it got there and, and who it might have belonged to, and they just were not able to come up with any forensic evidence that, that proves it. But, of course, look, we take this seriously. That's not the kind of thing we want to see happen. Now, it did happen in a visitor's uh, lobby area mm. out, just, just outside the main West Wing. Um, uh, so it was tr- a highly trafficked area. We're going to take a look at, uh, uh, at how that happened, and obviously we'll, if there's things we can do to prevent that in, in the future, Sure, certainly will do that. Nobody's happy about this. You were lying your ass off. It's always about the future. Well, obviously, you know, we're going to learn from this. We'll, uh, we'll form a committee. We'll get a special government cocaine prevention committee. Uh, it's going to cost $500 million. $499 million of it will go towards climate change. But the point is this is a pressing need. Let's form a committee and do something about it. Oh, it's just such a scam. Such a scam. And again, I said this on Friday. They don't think you're stupid. People always react to stuff like this. Oh, they think we're stupid. They think we'll fall for this. No, 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 no. They don't think you'll fall for this. They just don't care that you know the truth but can't prove it. They don't care anymore, okay? In good, healthy, functioning democracies, government fears the people, okay? We're now living in a pseudo-tyrannical government where the people are being taught to to fear the government. They're spying on you. They're interfering in your elections. They're censoring your speech with help of big tech. Okay, this administration is out of control in terms of trampling our liberties. And it's wildly unpopular. I mean, you talk about Joe Biden as a president. 70% of the American people don't want him to run again. Okay, if 70% of the people don't want to go back to your restaurant a second time, means you probably need a new chef. You know what I'm saying? That's true. That is true. Think about that. 70% never eaten there again. Oh, no. Okay, it means somebody's not good at their job. Okay, this guy happens to be a terrible president. So understand, the race to beat him is getting vicious. Even within the Republican Party now, they're finally training fire on each other. And in DeSantis' case, he has to. He got into this race trying to be a little bit above the fray. Okay, he was the celebrated governor of Florida. He was raising all kind of mo- kinds of money, and he was very popular, okay, in conservative circles, certainly even with callers on the show, because people felt like they could get Trump policies without Trump baggage. People felt like they could get, you know, an advancement of like an America first agenda without all the unforced errors. Okay, and all of that might be true from a policy standpoint, but the only way you could actually implement such a thing was if you got Trump out of the way. And so far, when it comes to DeSantis's efforts to get Trump out of the way, it's certainly very early in the race. But, you know, I got to tell you, if you're looking at the way this campaign's been run, you got to do better than that. I, it's really funny. But when DeSantis, after stringing along the public for the better part of a year over whether or not he was going to run, decided to announce officially for the first time on a Twitter Spaces event, <laughs> the space crashed. 
And a lot of people said, ah, no one's going to remember this. It's a long campaign. Plus, he went on Fox later that night, and he did. And he made a smart move because he was on the same show I was on that night, which, of course, you're going to make this announcement on formal TV. You're going to want to be on a show with ratings. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. But the point is I was on that show. And, yes, he announced his campaign and blah, blah, blah. Really exciting stuff. But stick with me, okay? I told anybody that'll listen that I had serious major, gigantic, enormous concerns about the judgment of his campaign based solely on the fact that he decided to launch the biggest political event of his life in an untested forum. That untested forum in this case was Twitter Spaces, and that untested forum crashed. That was embarrassing. Okay, it wasn't the end of the world. Okay, most late-night shows are on strike right now because of the Writers Guild, so most of the political pop culture that would cartoon that into the lexicon and hold it against him permanently wasn't actually there to do it. So I don't know that it had the impact on him that it should. But I do know that if you were just observing this and forming an opinion, it reflected terribly on the judgment of the campaign. Okay, it's the biggest moment of your life. You're betting it on something completely untested. And it's not like it was tested, like, behind the scenes. Like, when people talk to you about the moon landing, you're like, ah, yeah, we made it to the moon in our first try? I don't believe that. That's what the conspiracy people think. But what they don't realize is it wasn't our first try. We incrementally got closer to the moon with each individual Apollo mission. So by the time we actually got there, the only thing we were doing in terms of expanding to the overall accomplishments of the preceding missions was parking the vehicle. Okay, in this instance... DeSantis is having very much an Apollo 1 moment with his campaign. The first one lit on fire on the launch pad. That was the Twitter space launch. From there, he got into the race. But we're not seeing the kind of sound judgment out of his campaign. They're not getting the bump they want. And you can say he doesn't care, as he's about to say in this clip. I'm going to play it from Media Buzz. But the fact remains, the guy who's in front of the camera saying it doesn't matter, it's early, national polls, blah, 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 behind the scenes, they're firing staff. Okay, here's DeSantis on Media Buzz. Let's start there. Clip six. I had gotten a lot of coverage in the aftermath of the midterm election. We always knew with these national polls that that was a sugar high. Wasn't anything we were too concerned about either way. Uh, but the, what we found is the more I'm out there, uh, the, more, the more support we get in these early states. And it is a state-by-state state primary. And so I think it would be political malpractice to be running for president fixated on, on national rather than Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina. So that's what we've done. You can make up ground, and we are making up ground in all those states, that is not really going to be reflected in the national poll because they're such small states that um, you're not going to end up doing that. He's not wrong. Okay, and targeted precision warfare is what it's going to take to win this nomination and if you want to be the nominee to beat the Democrats. Democrats work in broad labels, systemic racism, transphobia, and to beat that back, you have to take an itemized approach to the issues that are giving them license to throw those big social justice buzzwords at you. Okay, so DeSantis in his attack, in his battle plan, is not technically wrong. But on some level, they know they've been wrong and how they went about doing this on a larger scale because here's the Axios report. They're firing people. Clip eight. 
There was a little bit of a shake buck in the campaign. Anytime that happens, which means they're letting go of up to 10 people in a single campaign, there's a little bit of a freak out. People are wondering what's going <laughs> on, what really needs to change. DeSantis's poll numbers have really not gone up nationally or locally. And so in some of these early states, people are wondering, hey, is he spending so much money? But, but what's he doing? Well, listen, okay. Basically, people within the campaign say they've had an assessment, you know, at this course, at this point in the race. Uh, They brought in $20 million during the first six weeks. It was a big haul. Okay, but they're not sure that they've spent it right. They're not sure if they overstaffed the company. Okay, there's a Republican source that actually says they never should have brought so many people on. The burn rate was too high. People warned the campaign manager, but you wanted to hear none of it. This happens a lot. It happened to Jeb Bush. They got a lot of money out of the gate, and they were like, well, this, you know, the establishment wants us. We're going to make all the money in the world, so let's just go hire a big giant staff, fly private, and eat all the best food, and that's what they did. Okay, but lo and behold, that big money doesn't come in continuously if you don't demonstrate some type of an ability, some type of a momentum towards the prize they're donating to get. Like the reason Biden can get big money is because he's going to be the nominee, assuming they don't actually talk him off the ticket. Okay, he's not going to lose in a primary because he's not going to be formally primary. The party won't let it happen. So they can justify donating to Biden because if Biden is president, they are president behind the scenes. They just need the body. Okay, they don't need the brain. And lucky for them because they haven't had the brain for quite some time now. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, with uh, I don't know. uh, Okay, so understand. Okay, the Biden thing's a mess. The DeSantis thing is, yeah, they raised a lot of money, but they haven't gotten off to the best start. The indictments of Trump have definitely created a rally around the flag mentality amongst the base. And a lot of people, a lot of people, okay, are emphatically behind the Trump man. Okay, they feel like he was wronged in 2020. They don't necessarily trust the legitimacy of the last election, certainly the way they juice turnout through mail-in balloting. Okay, and they don't feel like they got a fair shake. And for that reason, plus the fact that they like the pugnacious nature of the guy to go into Washington and kind of read people their truth. Okay, Trump's support is as hardened now as it's probably ever been with his core base. Okay, what's ultimately going to win the nomination is the in-between people. Okay, and those in-between people matter greatly. So if you're a guy like DeSantis who wants to keep this party rolling, you really better start racking them up fast. Okay, we're a long way from voting. We're still a month away from the first presidential debate. But the one thing a guy like DeSantis is going to need is money. Trump has the name recognition. Trump is a national figure. Okay, when it comes to the peripheral money that people are willing to donate to someone who takes on Trump, there's 832 candidates out there vying for it. So the problem they're going to run into is the money could dry up before the votes start getting counted. That's where he finds himself in a difficult position. There was an unnamed DeSantis donor in an NBC report, uh, and I do want to mention this. Now, again, they're unnamed, and I don't make uh, you know a big thing of unnamed people because if we learned anything during the Mueller probe, it's that literally 100% of the unnamed sources turned out to be lying about Russian collusion. It was made up by these sick people. But something I do believe probably carries weight is this unnamed source – 
And I think this is a piece of analysis anybody could issue. I don't think you'd have to be a source. I don't think you'd have to go to someone unnamed. I think any pundit could tell you this, that the DeSantis inner circle might have underestimated how hard it was going to be to break Trump's grip on the Republican Party. The other thing I think they underestimated is just how much people hate and distrust our institutions in Washington right now. Traditionally, in the history of this country, we've never had a president indicted, ever. 246-year-old countries, same age as Dianne Feinstein. Never had somebody indicted. Now we have a president who's been indicted not once but twice, but it's not affecting him at all. Trump hasn't been hit with a dip. Not a point. hasn't lost a point off of these indictments because people distrust the institutions. So the more the institutions come after Trump, the more their support of Trump hardens. And that's what DeSantis is running into. He's got some cute ads. He's got great policies. He's got a really popular state, you understand. He's got a lot of reasons you could vote for the guy. There's a lot of reasons you could expect him to be a more disciplined candidate and president than anybody out there. And he might ultimately become the standard bearer within the party, for all we know. Wrong. Okay, but the truth is, in the short term, Trump, more than ever, more than ever, is hardening his grip on the party. And he's getting a lot of help from the Democratic side of the aisle. Okay, because the more they come after him with all this deep state BS that we saw the first time around, the more people want to see him give them the finger that second time. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Having a grown-up talk about the 2024 election right now. Donald Trump was on with Maria Bartiromo yesterday. Was asked about the possibility of putting Tim Scott on the ticket. Clip two. Do you see yourself perhaps with a Senator Tim Scott? I think he's a very good guy. We did Opportunity Zones together. It's uh, never been talked about. It's one of the most successful economic development things ever done in this country. And Tim is very good. I mean, I, I could see Tim doing something with the administration, but uh, he's in right now campaigning, and I'm sure Tim and everybody else would say, I'm only interested in one, but Tim's a talented guy, and uh, you have other very talented people. Interesting question. I think Tim Scott is obviously in it to win it right now. It's still very early in the race, uh, and he has quietly raised a ton of money. Uh, obviously, when it comes to presidential elections, money can't buy happiness. If it did, Hillary Clinton would be your president right now, okay? So don't forget about that for a second. But Stick with me. There's a lot of talk, not necessarily about Scott because he's in the race, but a lot of hot talk in D.C. is that people think Byron Donalds would be a potential VP for Donald Trump. I got to tell you, if it comes to that, you guys know B.D. well from the time he spends on the show. Uh, he would be lethal, really lethal, because he is a phenomenal communicator. And what I mean by that is he can go through and give an itemized takedown of every one of the critiques Democrats throw at the Republican Party. We saw him do it with Joy Reid, and she just kind of like filibustered him to get him out of there. We've seen him do it, you know, with Sonny Hostin from The View. He's always great on this show. I don't know that that makes him the guy, but I know it's been talked about a lot. And if it's true, it would be a brilliant move by Trump or whoever the VP or the nominee winds up being. But in the next hour, we're going to talk with Tommy Lahren. We're going to talk with James Comer about the investigation into the Bidens and a little more fallout from the White House cocaine story, because to be honest with you, none of us should be accepting this at face value. You live in a world where you can't get a 12 ounce jar of moisturizer onto a plane, but they want you to believe you can get cocaine in the White House and there's nothing anybody can do about it. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. 
Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, back in action, big hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon, fired up in this hour to be joined by a fan favorite, not just here, but I'd say anywhere in the media stratosphere, uh, superstar host on Outkick of Tommy Laren is Fearless. I do believe she just got off the outnumbered couch where she did such a fine job. They carried her here on the couch like an Egyptian queen returning home. Cleopatra back in studio. Tommy Laren. Hey, girl. Uh, I wish that were the case. I just took the <laughs> elevator like an average peasant. But maybe next time we well, can set that up. I'm still floored that you get elevator privileges. They've been telling me to take the stairs. They're like, dude, we've seen you on TV lately. <laughs> can you work in some extra steps, Chubbs? Good to see you, pal. Good to see you, too. Happy Monday. I, I, it appeared uh, that a good time was had by all on Outnumbered. We had a great time. It was a good hang, right? The color wheel was going strong. <laughs> I, I kept it in my funeral blacks, you know. You did, but it's it Monday. Classic. It's exactly. Monday. Exactly. It's Monday. We're all in mourning. Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of people are mourning the fun from the weekend. Uh, but let me ask you this really quickly. On a professional level, I handle Monday pretty well. And the reason I handle Monday well is I've started to handle Sunday better. I used to be a person like two years ago that would feel like stressed out by four in the afternoon on a Sunday. But I realized that was usually because I didn't have pants on and I was out in public somewhere with like a <laughs> drink in each hand. Don't you feel like most people who suffer from the Mondays are probably just going too hard on the Sundays? Well, I worked all weekend. Mm-hmm. So today is I don't know what day for me. <laughs> um, but I, I will say I think it's people that don't love their job. Thank because you. then they have so much fun. They live for Friday and Saturday and the beginning half of Sunday. And then Monday is like... Now I got to go back to work. So you got to love what you do. Not everybody Mm -hmm. is enjoying that. Uh, In Hollywood, I think every day is a a, (laughs) a Sunday. I don't know. Nobody's working for the weekend. They're just hanging out now, doing nothing. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Um, I've been following that story. I covered that on Jesse's show Friday night, and we were talking about how like the actors are getting involved now in acting and you know throwing it down. But don't you feel like actors of all people would have more sympathy if they were more mindful of the little people? Because a lot of people have gotten screwed, you know, certainly by this administration with the outsourcing of labor, but there really wasn't a lot to be said at that point by Hollywood. Yeah, so I think that they're getting worried because they couldn't come up with content on their own. Yeah. So it, they're getting very worried that these writers aren't going to come back because we know that they couldn't make you know a funny late night show or they couldn't write scripts themselves. They couldn't come up with their own content, their own yeah, yeah. talking points. They're getting a little nervous, like the the men and women behind the men and women. They're really worried <laughs> that those people are not coming back because then what are you going to do? Makeup artists don't show up. I don't know what these people are going to do. Hairstylists, <laughs> what are these people going to do? We might see the real them. You yeah, know, that's a bad problem. So, but I have a really hard time. I'm crying, you know, the crocodile tears uh-huh. for Hollywood. And I talked about this and outnumbered, actually. Uh-huh. But I come from South Dakota, right? Day one of the Biden administration, they closed the Keystone XL pipeline. And those people were just told, yeah, just learn how to code or something. Yeah, yeah. So now I kind of look at the people in Hollywood and I'm like, hey, maybe learn how to code or something. Think about it. You're in front of those computers where Hollywood looks. You could probably get some OnlyFans money on the side. <laughs> there's, there's cash to be made, Tommy. We're just looking out for the little guy and the big guy. The little right. them, the big them, whoever it happens to be. Tommy Laren is in them, studio. They them, you know, All whatever. Uh, Tommy Laren is here. We're excited about it. We're fired up. It's Monday. Pulling this country together. So I followed that. I laughed. Now, on Outnumbered, did you guys, I didn't obviously hear it. I just watched it because it's on the, on the monitors. 
Did you guys uh, revisit the White House cocaine story? Because John Kirby spoke about it. Did you guys do that? No, we didn't. We no didn't White House cocaine that. today? We didn't resurrect that story. I, I figured you'd probably want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel, feel like there's a few stories that come around that are right in your wheelhouse. Oh, and drugs in the White House are one of them. But no, we didn't discuss it. I'm happy to do it, though. Well, because John Kirby, here was the clip. I'm going to play it for you then because you didn't get to do it on Outnumbered. Um, it's clip. Can we throw this, Josh? Clip 16. I can't really speak to the investigation that was done by the Secret Service. Uh, they did the best they oh, could to, to track down uh, how it got there and, and who it might have belonged to, and they just were not able to come up with any forensic evidence that, that proves it. But, of course, look, we take this seriously. That's not the kind of thing we want to see happen. Now, it did happen in a visitor's uh, lobby area out just, just outside the main West Wing, um, uh, so it was tr- a highly trafficked area. We're going to take a look at, uh, uh, at how that happened, and obviously we'll, if there's things we can do to prevent that in, in the future, Sure, certainly we'll do that. Nobody's happy about this. You are so full of sh. So that's John Kirby. Yeah. Nobody's happy. We did the best we can. Do- I'm getting a little frustrated by the location of this cocaine baggie constantly changing. Yeah, yeah. It's a highly trapped area, and it's a cubby, and now it's like maybe where the vice president parks. I mean, <laughs> I- I'm getting frustrated with it. Uh-huh. And again, we've talked about this since it happened, but... I want to know why the president isn't more upset Mm -hmm. that somebody is bringing an illicit substance into the White House. The president doesn't seem to care whatsoever. So it tells me that he knows whose it is. Well, at the very least, yeah, it tells me he wouldn't benefit from us knowing who it is. Right. It's got to be close to them. You can't – me and you – if we were going to visit the White House right now, which me and you would just get tackled and fed to the dogs. But if anybody else was going, uh, you're going through all the securities. You're going through the dogs. You're going through the pat-downs and everything else. So it would have to be conceivably somebody who didn't go through that, which would make you think family, um, Hunter, or maybe somebody within the administration. Is there anything beyond that you could even possibly think could be responsible for this? Because it wasn't a visitor. Visitors don't actually they're, – they're saying it's a visitor thing, yeah. but visitors have to go through a very specific protocol to become visitors. Let's also think about this. Mm-hmm. You are a visitor that's going to the White House, right? You're just maybe an average Joe going to the White House, and you think, I know what I'll do. I'm going to risk – being thrown in jail or or whatever the punishment is. I don't know how seriously we take drugs in this country anymore, mm. but that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going to just go through the White House. And I'm going to forget that I have something like this on me. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think you'd be that brazen through TSA at LaGuardia Airport. No chance. You can't get water onto a plane, right. but you can get coke into the White House. It's crazy. But then think about that, too. It's another reason why they should have subjected people to a drug test is because whoever brought cocaine to the White House definitely had it in their system. Number one, for the lapse in judgment. But number two, if you are a first-time cocaine user, you don't go, well, you know when I should start. I should, I should yes. start when I get to the White House. <laughs> so there's like right. the idea that they're saying, oh, we did the best we can do. We know that's not true. And I know that they know that. I, you know, we used to say they think we're dumb. I don't think they think we're dumb. I just don't think they care what we think. They right. want the power. They don't need the perception. And they want this to go away just like everything else. But when you think about the mounting scandals, I mean, cocaine probably is on the lower rung of the ladder considering everything oh, yeah. that the big guy has done. But it tells me, again, that they know who, who did it. Yep. Because the president would be concerned that somebody brought a white powdery substance that close to him and his administration if he didn't know it was somebody's that he could trust. They, I don't know. The they, smartest guy he knows? I don't know. They probably thought it was like the mix for Biden's can of insure. They were like, yeah. you know, we're just going to mix this up. Give him a little chocolate milk for the morning. Pep him up a little bit, Tommy. Uh, is it too early in the 2024 race on the Republican side to draw conclusions? Where are you on that? Yeah, it's far too early. I think so. It's I think we got a debate. Early. I think we need live ammo. I think what happens is, uh, you know, because everyone needs a story. 
So I was talking about this in the previous hour. I don't think anything can be deduced from what DeSantis is doing from the standpoint of until we do start debating and early voting. The name recognition of Trump alone is going to keep him stratospherically, you know, ahead of everybody else. And I think each coming indictment is probably going to harden his support, too. But I think if they do debate, I think, you know, that holds the potential to change everything. But it doesn't sound like Trump's going to debate. Would you debate if you were that far ahead or would you just run out the clock? It's a tough call. So I think Trump is going to go. Okay. I think that he's going to make a last-minute decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Chris Christie that said this the other day, and I don't give a lot of kudos to Chris Christie, but he, <laughs> ma- he made a point. Uh, he made a point that, that sticks, uh-huh. that Trump isn't going to miss out on any big media opportunity where millions of people would potentially be watching. I don't think he's going to give DeSantis that ground. I just don't. That's a good and, point. And uh, I think that if he does decide to stay home, I think DeSantis has a real opportunity. But I think Trump also knows that. So he's yeah. really far ahead. But I think that he is so afraid of DeSantis, and I see this by the constant attacks on DeSantis and nobody else, by the way. Yeah. Just DeSantis, that I think that he's not going to give DeSantis the chance to be in that stage without him. Wow, that's a good point because, again, there's a lot of policy agreement between the two, and I do. I, I, like you, consider it a liability for Trump to stay home if only because people are going to hear a lot of his policies articulated without the baggage. You know, that's, right. that's his biggest challenge within his own party is the baggage he brings to the table. But this is the other thing I come back to about a, a second Trump presidency, and, you know, we're a long way from home on that. I think he is in a unique situation that's almost to his detriment in that if he wins, he's already a one-term president. So he's not necessarily going in with the window or the ramp to, quote-unquote, drain the swamp or turn D.C. on its head. But I do think there's so many people who would just see his victory as a validation of 2020 and all the claims that I do think people are wed to that. Do you foresee a world a year from now, year and a half from now? where he could lose that grip to somebody like DeSantis? Or do you think they're, the, the support is that hardened? Like, where do you, what do you, I mean, we're just crystal bowling here. Yeah. Well, it's purely speculative. For me, the frustration is, is that Republicans are once again looking at the primary on a different planet from the general election. Um, we need matters. to be paying attention mm-hmm. to the long game here. Yeah. I, I know that Trump is double digits ahead of DeSantis in a primary situation. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the general it's not the case. Yeah. So I'm concerned about that. Mm-hmm. I also – this is not a coronation. Yeah, this yeah. is a nomination. Yeah. So if he wants it, he's going to have to work for it. So I, I don't like all of this loyalty and, and Trump is uh, upset at DeSantis for not being loyal. He doesn't demand that loyalty from anybody else that's running. Mm-hmm. So I'm frustrated with that as somebody who has been mega since before mega was on a hat. <laughs> Dude, you've gotten, okay? you've gotten egged for this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Actually – truthfully have you got the greatest uh nickname i consider in the history of the world even though it was completely unwarranted you told me someone called you nazi barbie white supremacist barbie, nazi barbie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. listen i'm not laughing well you, you know barbie's but... coming back again next thank week. you and jokes on week. them this weekend now, now, yeah. ryan, now ryan gosling is showing up to your events it's a whole different yeah. a whole different season that's not the barbie that i want to play <laughs> but i didn't give myself that name so no it's too funny but again you have been at the forefront of this evolution in political discourse. It's almost like a, a devolution in some ways. Um, but you were there, and we talked about this when we first met, in terms of, you know, every time they say we need to have a conversation, they're doing everything they can to stop it from happening. Okay, they tried to stop your conversations. And I think in the 2024 race, what a lot of Republicans need to realize is it's going to require targeted warfare from the nominee. 
because they're going to try to label mm-hmm. everything we do as some type of bigotry that needs to be shut down for the sake of the people. That's where I think DeSantis has good credentials, because when it comes to the stuff going on in Florida with the culture war, he is speaking to specifics like the books that got banned mm-hmm. rather than just saying, hey, it's a book ban. He read the books and they were like, well, you can't read them. It's disgusting. Yeah. Kind of proven his point. What frustrates me is that mm-hmm. Trump supporters used to call Ron DeSantis America's governor until it looked like he was running against Donald Trump. And then all of a sudden he's a rhino, he's establishment, he's a globalist, he's getting money from Hillary. That frustrates me. Yeah. That frustrates me as someone who's a Trump supporter. But I'm, I'm honest with the people. Mm-hmm. They can love it or they can hate it, take it or leave it. I'm going to be honest with the people. Mm-hmm. DeSantis has a better chance of winning a general election. Do you want to get revenge or do you want to win? Yeah. No, it's a good question. And I think it's going to play out in a very interesting fashion because they're going to try – the Democrats are going to try to keep indicting Trump. Right, and okay. it's never going to stop. What, is, what makes anyone think that they're not going to impeach him once, twice if he does get into office? But that's what I think is so funny about the whole thing is I think most self-aware people would realize they're a lot more out of control than he is. But his ability to govern in the face of that is limited in a way that a DeSantis or anybody else isn't. So I think this food fight's about to get a lot uglier. But I do hope it happens. I, I hope he debates. It's August 23rd on the Fox yes. News channel. Did you get the call to moderate the debate yet? Because I didn't. I, I w- <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. Sure. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was like we were a package deal. Like, oh, they're not going to call me. They're going to call Tom, Tom, Tommy and me Can at you the imagine same time? if you and I did a debate? <laughs> Maybe like the bottom rung of the, the people. It would know? be funny if they let us host a debate. With like sta- but staffers, they don't give us the candidates. We just want like their youngest staffers each. Yeah. And we or just- like the Tiger King who's running. Maybe <laughs> maybe that. Maybe maybe we can moderate that stage. Like, I don't know. We can't let you guys near Joe Exotic. We're sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is a classy operation. We were actually told we're not even allowed to attend the debate. As a matter right. of fact, but that's all right. We may sneak in anyway. We might we might find a costume. Uh, Tommy, everybody's excited to watch all the Outkick stuff this week, and I know you're all over the channel. You did do a great job this weekend, so I'll tell you this. Uh, on the big Saturday show... It's called uh, the Big Weekend Show. I know, show that's now, the Big Weekend Show. Do you like the 7 p.m. start better than the 5, or did you like the 5? Uh, I like the time. I like to be in, in the 7 hour. It's better for us, uh-huh. but it also means that I can't leave on Sunday nights and go back to Nashville, which oh. is why I'm in New York City today oh, flying out after this. Please help me. Let's pray to the Pete Buttigieg gods that I can actually get back to Nashville. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's fun to be on at 7. And it's a little bit, you know, it's, we kinda, can, it's, it's, it's cool. less like it's more the dinner time for most people instead of the dinner time for Joe. So yeah, I yeah. like it. <laughs> That's so funny. And you know what? In the fall, okay, you'll be on uh, in like the fourth quarter of the four o'clock game instead of the first quarter. Most people have lost their money by the fourth quarter right. with very few exceptions. So it's probably better for ratings, too. How about yeah. that, Tommy? I love it. Let's do it. Right, well, we'll be- you and I need to be back on again. Bring some, breathe some life into the weekend. <laughs> it's a thing. Well, if they're listening, and I, and I know they are, uh, the message will be heard. Uh, Tommy Lauren, you're the best. We'll always have this. Thanks so much. See you, pal. Back after this. You're listening to the best dad on the radio. Can't believe you forgot my birthday. You're with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. James Comer, coming up in the next break. He's the guy leading the investigation into the Biden family. All kinds of whistleblowers at the IRS. Claims of obstruction. Christopher Ray tried to testify last week and claim nobody was in on the scheme. You're alive. 
hard to take anything they say at face value in this administration, uh, especially when it comes to the Department of Justice, because we do now know that they went to great lengths to slow roll those Hunter Biden investigations, if for no other reason than seeing them through within the statute of limitations could very well have resulted in investigations into a lot more people than just Hunter Biden. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. So it's a fascinating story. And you hear a lot about it on Fox. You don't hear a lot about it everybody, everywhere else. And, you know, the common reaction to that is, well, Fox is just trying to cause problems of president's family and blah, blah, blah. That's what they tell you. But the truth is, when it comes to Hunter Biden, it's not, you know, Hunter Biden's a dirtbag. It's that Hunter Biden got money he couldn't have gotten were his father not the vice president of the United States. And the reason we need to know the answers to these questions is because if the president is compromised, we're all compromised. And you understand the president very much governs like he's compromised. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. I mean, really think about that. We are not watching an administration that's playing defense. You know the old adage, defense wins championships? We've opened our southern border to the point that we've had 7 million migrants come into this country illegally. That is an all-time record in the country. That's not a guy playing defense. That's not a guy putting America first. Okay, when you talk about declaring war on our fossil fuel industry here in America, outsourcing that production to third world dictatorships like Venezuela, that's not putting America first. It's not defense. Okay, that's a guy being held hostage by the climate crowd. Okay, but in theory, you know, everything we're doing in Ukraine, we obviously don't want to support Vladimir Putin. Okay, but there's no effort being made to end a war that we're being told is the root of all economic evil. Instead, we're just sending Zelensky as much money as we possibly can. Uh, to the point now that we have Biden openly admitting we're running low on munitions as we're sending them to Ukraine. Like, first of all, it's stupid to be sending them if you're really running low. But you know what's even dumber? Telling the people that you're running low. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Oh, here's the deal. We're out of ammo. <laughs> and we're sending off the stuff uh, that we happen to have left. Are you stupid or something? You'd have to be to think that was a good statement to make. So in a lot of instances, I'm not telling you Biden's take, tanking the game. I just think he happens to be a terrible president. But if there is, in fact, financial leverage, if there is, in fact, evidence of them peddling influence at the expense of the rest of us, then we just need an answer to the question. That's why it comes up a lot, because it's one of those questions you'd like to know the answer to. Okay? Pretty reasonable stuff. James Comer has been tasked with finding those answers He's going to take off the hazmat suit he was wearing inside Hunter's laptop. Join us next to tell us what he found on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if you've been following my career, you know I was just down in Lexington, Kentucky. We were at the Lexington Opera House. And joining us now on the show, a superstar representative from the 1st Congressional District of Kentucky, a man who was wise to skip that show. James Comer is here. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy. How's it going? Good. You dodged a bullet down in Lexington. We had a wild Saturday night. I'm sure you did. You got a big following in Kentucky. Yeah, they're good. No, no. They are, they are phenomenal people. Like, they were a lot of fun. But I will tell you, the people of Kentucky, they, they don't believe in, like, it's false advertising. When they say they want to buy you a drink, that does mean 35. 
I didn't know that. I always said, yeah, I say yes to everybody, and the next thing you know, they, you know they're handing you a toga and asking you to do a keg stand. It was crazy. But uh, we survived. We're back. I didn't have to call you to bail me out of any trouble, so I consider that a win, right? I, yeah, that's a win. I was on call in case you got in trouble. I would have <laughs> rushed to your defense. <laughs> Cover them in a jam. <laughs> that's funny. No, we played, we played some defense. But let's start here because somebody wasn't playing defense at the White House. They left a baggie of cocaine. Now, from where you sit, uh, is there any world where you take them at their word that they wouldn't know who did it or how to determine such a thing? No. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you see archaeologists digging up skeletons for thousands of years ago, and they can tell what their last meal was, but the, <laughs> but the FBI and Secret Service can't detect any fingerprints or DNA on a plastic bag of cocaine in the White House, nor, and they didn't have any uh, idea of who it could possibly be. I mean, it, it, it's hard to believe if it's true, it's sad mm -hmm. that we spend that kind of money, uh, defending the white house, but you know, it, it just, it's just another pattern of, of potential cover-ups here with the, with the Biden family. I mean, you got the president's, both his adult children, uh, have had addiction problems. They're both in and out of the, the white house frequently and uh, so one would suspect that it, they could have something to do with it but they may not but it, at any rate the fact that the secret service only spent a week and said no we can't find anything case closed we've destroyed the evidence i mean that's that's uh that's a sad situation in our uh in our white house security it sure is we're talking to kentucky representative james comer and uh, he, of course, the House Oversight and Reform Committee chairman. And it's also just weird. I mean, I guess maybe weird is not even the right word, but the, the idea that they were doing this with a time limit. You know, if this investigation matters and they're certainly not behaving like it does, then we wouldn't have like a one week statute of limitations on the investigation. You just go till you figured it out. Because the problem I have, and, and I don't, again, I don't believe their explanation, but if you were to take their explanation at face value, that means someone got an unidentified substance into the White House and they'd technically be capable of doing it again because we don't know how it happened. And now, for all we know about White House security, there's no world where they're actually signing up for that standard. Right. And then they went on to add that they had found marijuana twice, but they didn't know who brought that in. So that would be this cocaine would be the third instance of where someone's mm -hmm. smuggled something into the White House mm -hmm. illegal. Mm -hmm. And yet they have absolutely no suspects on the planet of who that that might be. I mean, that would yeah. lead one to believe that there's a lapse of security if they're telling the truth, yeah. if there's not a cover up. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, pardon me for being skeptical of bad behavior on behalf of the Bidens. I mean, you know, we, we've got all these bank records and and uh, all these people that were in business with the Bidens who have told us uh, about all of their illegal activity over the past decade, mm -hmm. yet the federal government can't find a single thing to uh, to indict them on. Yeah. Uh, but they're still investigating, uh, according to da uh, David Weiss, the U.S. Attorney in Delaware. But then the the bag of cocaine, they spent a few days. Oh, we can't find anybody. There's no way. <laughs> it's, it's weird over. how that works. Forget about it. Yeah, but let's move on. Yeah, it's weird how they, they try to outrun the clock on one and not another. So, yeah. you know, you were speaking about having a hearing 
um, you know, and bringing in more with whistleblowers, obviously, to speak to, you know, the right. things they had observed. Where are we in that process? Wednesday, okay. this Wednesday, uh, we have the two IRS whistleblowers. One you've seen on yep. Fox. The other one never has disclosed their item, their their name. Okay. Uh, both whistleblowers will attend a hearing and testify under oath. So Republicans and Democrats can ask these these credible IRS whistleblowers who have never uh, blown the whistle on anything else, who have spotless records. Uh, one is a self-proclaimed liberal Democrat. So uh, we're going to be able to ask questions, and I, I think there's two things that that I think the American people need to understand. Number one is whether or not there were crimes committed by the Biden family, and I think I know the answer to that, Jimmy, but we'll see what these, these credible IRS whistleblowers have to say. And two, was there a cover-up? So was there a crime and was there a cover-up? I think those are the two questions that, that hopefully will be answered Wednesday. Well, I think what's fascinating is you're starting to see some acknowledgement of this in the media. Like the New York Times has written mm-hmm. about it. You're starting, you know, you're starting to get that breakthrough. And I think what might benefit you is not not that any of these outlets are particularly interested in the truth. They're interested in protecting the Democratic Party. Right. And if they think Biden becomes a liability to their chances, they'd throw him under the bus in a second if they could. And uh, you might actually become the reason they do so. Um, this second unnamed whistleblower who's coming forward uh, didn't have second thoughts after seeing the way they treated the first? Because i got to be honest, they didn't exactly roll out the red carpet. I think the way they treated the first propelled the second to come Ooh. forward. I think they're disgusted at how the Democrat Party and the liberal media has has treated the, the first whistleblower. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are respected IRS agents who have always done the right thing and who operate by the book. And here we have clear, clear violations of many laws, not just failure to pay taxes, Jimmy. We're talking about money laundering. We're talking about racketeering. We're talking about being unregistered foreign agent. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And yet they were told to stand down. Yeah, that's and and then and then they blow the whistle on it, which is what they're supposed to do. And the Democrat Party always claims they protect the federal employees, they protect the whistleblowers, uh, unless you're blowing the whistle on one of them. <laughs> and then they started attacking the character of that one whistleblower yep. that that did an interview. And I think that's what was the straw that broke the back with whistleblower X, we're calling him. Wow. So uh, we're going to have both of them Wednesday, and I think the American people are going to get a chance to see uh, what they have to say, and then they can be, be the judge of it. This is crazy. And will whistleblower X have a name on Wednesday, or is this yes. like, oh, wow, that's crazy? Yes. Because it's, it's, it's turned into like a, a reality show. It's like the master It has. It has. And, you know, this when the— Whistleblower X did the transcribed interview. He had no intentions of ever going public just because he didn't want to go through the the harassment. But they have treated the other one so badly. I believe that's what uh, has propelled Whistleblower X to come forward. So, uh, look, we need whistleblowers to come forward. We should welcome whistleblowers that are credible. Now, a lot of times you have people that claim to be whistleblowers and they're not credible or they're just simply disgruntled employees. But these are have spotless records and clearly 
they were the, they found many of the things that we found uh, in the five months that I've had subpoena power. Mm-hmm. They knew years ago and were ready to to proceed with a formal investigation, even wanting to to question Joe Biden. Yep. And they were told to stand down. That's it's it's crazy. We're talking to Kentucky Representative James Comer, House Oversight and Reform Committee Chairman. It's fascinating because when I look at their behavior, man, it's so brazen. There's that old yep. Thomas Jefferson quote about when the government fears the people, there's liberty. But when the people fear the government, there's tyranny. Yep. They very much have us on this trajectory where they certainly don't fear the people. And I think these whistleblowers are starting to recognize the slippery slope we're on. So, I mean, you are doing, you, you know, you're busy. You're up to your eyes and pulling this stuff together. But you are doing historically important work. Like, I'm, not, I'm actually not going to call you if I get into trouble in Lexington next time. You got. You might be saving the country, man. Well, look, it, we've got to have more whistleblowers come forward. You you take these two IRS whistleblowers, which the American people are going to see on Wednesday, then the two FBI whistleblowers that Grassley had mm-hmm. that were the ones that alerted us to the FBI 1023 mm-hmm. form that had Joe Biden involved in an alleged bribery scheme that the FBI tried to tried to cover up. I mean. Th- the evidence has been out there for a long time, yeah. and it's just a matter of the Oversight Committee. We're trying to uh, do two things. We're trying to accumulate and gather all the evidence, uncover new evidence, package it together, and present it to the American people. And, it, you know, it's very difficult. I've had advisors say, well, it's really complicated when you talk about the 20 shell companies and all the different bank accounts. Well, of course, that's the way they wanted it. Even in that Form 1023, the, yeah. the the person that alleged he bribed Joe Biden said the investigators will have – it'll take 10 years for them to find out the way we laundered all the money and used all these different bank accounts. They wanted it that way. They wanted it to be complicated. And then I'm getting hit, Jimmy, because these uh, witnesses we have, they're all in trouble. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, that says a lot about the Biden. The people we want to talk to, like Gal Luft and, and mm-hmm. Devin Archer and these people, they're, they're all in trouble. That's who the Bidens were in business with. <laughs> what does that say about the Bidens? <laughs> it, you know, I mean, it's this is the this is just unbelievable. The crimes that have committed, the people that the president associated himself with and tried to use to to help them launder money. It's some of the worst people on the planet. So, uh, you know, this is a complicated investigation, but hopefully Wednesday is going to be a good day for us with with those whistleblowers. Yeah, yeah. We're, no, we're, we're excited to watch it, man. It's the, the masked whistleblower. We'll reveal the identity on Wednesday, but it's a big day for the country. And uh, it brings us any step closer to a, accountability we can take is helpful because – you don't need, as you said, there's a very complicated investigation. There's so many moving parts. But any person, if they just hear the way this money was transferred through 15 shell companies and at some point wound up in kids' bank accounts, that's not legitimate business. You no. don't need a background in anything to know that. That's right. And, yeah, once you see that, you know, the old smoke, there's fire. Well, in this case, the smoke could be coming from the weed in the White House. But the point is, <laughs> you get it, Comer. Uh, we, yeah. we really appreciate your time, Representative. Uh, good luck Wednesday. Uh, thanks, Jimmy. You too, my man. Be well. There he goes, Representative James Comer, your House Oversight and Reform Committee chairman, the guy looking into the Biden family, asking all the tough questions. Are you the big man, Joe? Guys, there are a million moving parts. That's the challenge of building sentiment for these investigations.
is they were structured, these transactions, in ways that make it hard to articulate. There's not like a video where a guy hands a guy a pile of cash and you hear him say, now go do this illegal thing. Here's the money. No, these are professional criminals. They're operating within a gray area of the law that allows them to lobby on behalf of foreign entities. Now, technically speaking, they're required by law to register something Hunter Biden and Jim Biden did not do, something Paul Manafort was actually prosecuted for doing. On the Biden side of the aisle, the whole family did the same thing. Nobody got called. That's not right. That's, but that's the double standard that's in play here. And then when you find out they opened up an investigation into Hunter Biden in 2015 and rolled it for five years past the statute of limitations, it's hard to take them at their word that it's just a coincidence. It's a coincidence that for whatever reason it carried on past the statute of limitations. I mean, come on, man. So what Comer's up against you know, is a multitude of factors. One is they're unraveling a professional crime enterprise. And, you know, every time the media tries to go out and discredit it, they go, yeah, look at all these criminals he's bringing in to testify. Yeah, why are they criminals? They were doing business with the Biden family. That is correct. Okay, they're criminals because of the type of activity they were engaged in that the Biden family was a part of. And again and again and again. Okay, I know this doesn't help you pay a bill. I know it doesn't help secure the border. I know it doesn't help lower crime. I know it doesn't boost failing city schools. Okay, but the guy in the White House happens to be the reason all of those things are happening. So if, in fact, he is compromised and this is your ticket to getting rid of him, then every single person in America would benefit from what would ultimately be an example of addition by subtraction. You are correct, sir. A show so good, people don't know what to think. This feels weird. Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun, though, isn't it? Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America. Your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Trying to hold this country together. It's a big Monday. I'm not on your TV today. Uh, I am hosting Fox News Saturday night this coming Saturday, 10 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, listen, man, I need all the ratings help I can get. You better be there. You better watch it. Uh, But when I get off the air today, we'll be working on stuff for that program that we will be bringing you Saturday night, 10 p.m. on the Fox News channel. Uh, We also added some stand-up dates. Uh, We're going to be October the 28th in Idaho Falls. So if you're listening on KID, Come hang with your radio buddy at the Colonial Theater Saturday night, October the 28th. There's also a hot rumor that I'm going to be in Helena, Montana the night before. So if you're listening out there in that area, keep that date in mind as well. We're finalizing that as we speak. A lot of moving parts on the stand-up side, but right here on the radio side in the next hour, Jason Chaffetz coming by. He's going to weigh in. It's a weird State of the Union we have going on right now. Uh, There's an actor strike in Hollywood. That's a little bit of a mess. Uh, Sadly, we have this tragic police ambush uh, out in Dakota, where where our hearts are certainly with our Fargo listeners and the Fargo family out there listening on ZFG, the flag. We're going to get into that as well. Uh, Tragic loss of a police officer, uh, as well as two other cops ambushed as well. Really heavy stuff. And then we've got this whole infighting in terms of the race for the White House, the battle to turn this country around, that has really turned things ugly on the Republican side of the aisle. Okay, DeSantis, who has fired a couple of campaign workers and is trying to reshuffle the deck on his staff, uh, is now in the process of trying to get Trump into the debate ring. Okay, 
Here is Steve Ducey on Fox and Friends, a show you'll see me on tomorrow morning, trying to pressure Trump to do exactly that. It's clip nine. It would be great to see Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie just duke it out. That's why they call it a debate. And then, you know, so many people have said, well, Donald Trump and Ainsley, you echoed it a while ago. He's done so well in debates in the past. All right, show up, debate and shine. This is his big chance. All right, I'm just going to eliminate these two immediately. Well, listen, it is it's a big opportunity for Trump and the way Trump is thinking he's got a big lead. Why expose these people to the potential to close the gap? But in truth, I think what a lot of people expect is that Trump isn't going to want to give up the spotlight. Because in this instance, you've got pretty much everybody on that debate stage uh, that agrees with Trump in policy. So it's an opportunity for millions of voters to actually see what Trump's policies would look like without the baggage. I don't think Trump can afford to give people that, that access. I think Trump's going to want to get in their baggage and all rough up the people on the debate stage and make the case that he's the only one tough enough to take on the media, the elites, and the establishment in both parties. And to be clear, you can hate Donald Trump with all the fiber in your being, okay? His presidential victory in 2016 was one of the greatest sporting achievements we've ever seen. He was a dude who literally took on everything, all of showbiz, all of late-night comedy, all of the, you know, the news networks, all of the establishment politicians in both parties, the Clinton empire. He was outspent 10 to 1, and it still ended with Hillary howling at the moon. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yeah. There it is. Back in action. Big hour coming up on Fox Across America. Jason Chaffetz, Fox News contributor, is going to stop by to join me in studio. We're going to talk about all things America. And we're also going to go up. I made it before the uh, show today. I decided we were going to give you a report from Canada. What the hell were you thinking? It's not me. It's their freaking prime minister, Justin Trudeau. Can I say freaking? I don't know. I just said it on the air. This isn't good. Not good. You're an idiot. (laughs) The champ's in a rowdy mood. It's Monday. Third hour of the show. Uh, a show you can always be a part of at 888-788-9910. But we begin quickly this hour of Fox Across America, Above America, in Canada, where their prime minister, uh, Justin Trudeau, uh, that guy is an idiot. Uh, straight up, <laughs> no ifs, ands, or buts, just a jackass. He knows what he's talking about. Remember, it was so funny. He was the guy... If you remember a few years back, three years back, when someone said, oh, Mr. Prime Minister, this is one of the greatest achievements in all of mankind. And he goes, excuse me, it's people kind. That was absolutely dreadful. Oh, he's unbearable. But at the same time, an authoritarian who actually brought in, if you remember, troops to quell the trucker protests of people who did want to get vaccinated. And then after the fact, what did Justin Trudeau try to do? He said, well, we never forced anybody to get the vaccine. This guy's a serious ass. Everybody who engaged in heavy-handed tactics during COVID, whether it was the censorship of dissenting views about the vaccine, whether it was the fact that the vaccine itself didn't work, the shifting positions on masks, the firing of people who very much kept society afloat in the infancy of the pandemic, you know, the frontline responders, You know, the people out there delivering packages, the people whose jobs were deemed essential, 
all of those folks turned around and faced firings from people like Justin Trudeau if after two years of or a year and a half of working without a vaccine decided they didn't want to get a vaccine, guys like Justin Trudeau fired them. That's just how white folks will do you. They're all now in an exercise at revisionist history trying to make it sound like, nah, we weren't that bad. We were trying to open the schools. That's what we were doing. Wrong. No, they weren't. What are you talking about? The American Academy of Pediatrics told us in the summer of 2020 schools should have reopened across the country that fall, but they didn't. Why? Because the teachers unions wanted to keep on day drinking in their pajamas and the Democrats needed the lobbying money. This is politics as usual. Yeah, so for that reason, the kids were the casualty and they didn't get an education. And we're now living in an America where one in three kids cannot read at a grade level. I love the poorly educated. It's not pretty, dude. But Justin Trudeau was a big part of that thought process. He was one of the liberal elites that was pushing lockdowns that he himself wasn't following, pushing school closures that did not affect him, and using the heavy hand of government to force people into compliance. Well, anyway, in addition to doing you know authoritarian crap like that, he's also a pandering idiot. And Trudeau, during an event at a mosque tried blaming the Muslim community's reluctance to support transgenderism on far-right commentators, which, i got to be honest with you, is a little bit of a scam. Let me give you the exchange. Okay, it's typed out here. Okay, I ask you, Mr. Prime Minister, please protect our culture, our belief, the sin that you are doing to them. This is what a person at a mosque, a Muslim, said to Trudeau about where the community was coming from. So understand this is how the conversation goes down. I'll give you all the context, okay? Trudeau, so fascinating, okay, was speaking at the Muslim community last week. It's a Calgary mosque. Hundreds of protesters had rallied at this mosque against gender ideology in schools, the, the claim being, leave our kids alone. So that's what this Muslim community is saying, leave our kids alone. We don't consider it gender-affirming care, to tell a kid it's trapped in the wrong body. We don't consider gender-affirming care to permanently surgically alter a body, susceptible it to a lifetime of follow-up surgeries and medications. We don't consider that good for the kid. It's not gender-affirming care. It is agenda-affirming care. So that's their claim. They didn't say you can't be transgender. They said wait till you're 18. The theory here, leave our kids alone. That's the request. Leave our kids alone. Okay, Trudeau, of course, the face of a movement that doesn't want to leave your kids alone. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. So you understand, okay? There was an uh, audio surface. There was an Edmonton public schools teacher who was berating Muslim students because they were skipping school to avoid pride events. The Muslim community doesn't, avo- doesn't support pride in all its forms. They do not support it. But because it's being forced on them, some of the kids skipped school in adherence to their religious beliefs, at which point they got screamed and yelled at by the Edmonton school teachers. Okay, at which point we got a quote from the teacher saying it goes two ways. If you want to be respected for who you are, if you don't want to suffer prejudice for your religion, your color or skin or whatever, then you better give it back to people who are different from you. That's how it works, said the teacher. But understand. If, in fact, that's the case. The teacher is being intolerant of their views. I think he's got a point. Okay, because their views are, I don't support this thing. So the truth is, we don't all have to attend each other's rallies. We don't all have to 
commit to each other's, you know, worldview. The whole point of America and Canada is an offshoot of America is that people are supposed to be entitled to their own beliefs. And it doesn't mean you have to force them on everybody else. The very definition of tolerance in a dictionary is the willingness to coexist with things that you don't necessarily agree with. So if you want to be these, you know, Edmonton Teachers Union forcing pride events down the Muslim community's throats, okay, you have to understand you're being intolerant if you don't recognize their desire to not be a part of it. They didn't say you can't have your event. They just said we're not coming. That's it. But anyway, Justin Trudeau was asked about this when he was speaking at a mosque. The person said, I ask you, Mr. Prime Minister, please protect our culture, our belief, the sin that you are doing to them. This is what the person said to the Canadian prime minister, meaning the gender stuff and chopping off kids' junk and everything in between. Trudeau responded, first of all, there's an awful lot of misinformation and disinformation out there from people on social media, particularly fueled by the American right wing, who are spreading a lot of untruths about what is actually in the curriculum. He then went on to claim that the right wing forces were driving a wedge between the Muslim community that is hurting the fabric of respect and openness that allows Canada to be one of the places where we support and defend the Muslim community more than just about any other Western Canadian. If you look at the various curriculums, there is not aggressive teaching or conversion of kids into being LGBT. That is something that is being weaponized by people of the far right who have consistently stood against the Muslim rights. Now, in truth, Muslims don't feel this way because of anything the far right is doing on social media. Okay, Muslims feel this way because it has been their observation and belief system for hundreds and millions of, well, anyway, thousands of years before social media ever came around. Okay, this is another one of those convenient pivots to shoehorn dissent and a direct attack of their view under the buzzword of far right disinformation and misinformation. Whenever somebody in the year 2023 is speaking to you in vague social justice cliches, it's because they can't speak to the direct substance of the issue. Ah, uh, you have a good eye, my man. He's blaming far right commentators as if the Muslim community was throwing pride parades for hundreds of years before the far right came along on social media. Dude, they're in, in Iran, you can't even be gay. Okay, you think about the Disney don't say gay bill. Okay, DeSantis passed a bill banning the teaching of sexual curriculum for kids between the ages of kindergarten and third grade. Never mentioned the word gay once. But what did the left try to do? They tried to brandish him a homophobe. Nah, this guy's a homophobe, he's a transphobe. That's what they said. Nah, don't say gay. Ban gay people down in Florida. That's what they said with a straight face. Oh, no, DeSantis banned gay people. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally. But understand, the people saying it like Disney were doing business in 12 countries that had legitimately criminalized gay activity. Oh, wow. And, you know, Trudeau's no different because they're outsourcing all their green energy initiatives to China, a place that is the biggest human rights abuser in the world, as intolerant of a place as there is. Okay, but all of this oppression, all of this fake, you know, because we're dealing with a fake civil rights era now, where the Democrats have succeeded with help from the media in claiming that the trans community is under attack, people are trying to kill them, which I got to be honest with, is not a healthy thing. Okay, if you're pumping people full of hormones that don't belong in their body, that don't occur there naturally, and then you're telling them everyone's out to kill them, yes, people are going to be a little on edge. Okay, that's why right now there is a poll out today 
It is a survey by Redfield and Wilton Strategies. 44% of the people aged 25 to 34 think referring to someone by the wrong gender pronoun should be a criminal offense. That's stupid. Use your common sense. First of all, how are piece of people supposed to know the right pronoun unless you're walking around wearing it like a name tag? And that's the harm of right now is we're trying to tell people their identity is the most interesting thing about them. Their sexual orientation is the most interesting thing about them. When in truth, there's only so many of those orientations and identities you can have. You're not really that distinguishable for being that thing. Okay, what's distinguishable about people are their personalities, their belief systems. Okay, little fun things they do, little special skills they have, you know. Ways they help out in a community. Okay, the point is we are all a combination of so much more than who we want to sleep with. Okay, but understand they're reducing this to that because it allows them to claim there's some form of oppression going on in this country. And Justin Trudeau is part and parcel of that. They're weaponizing fake oppression. It's a fake civil rights movement. So they can call people transphobic and homophobic as a means of getting their way without ever actually having to deliver proof that any of these people are pressed because here's a newsflash. They aren't. Okay. Anne is up in Toronto, Canada. She's on the front lines of this stuff. Anne. Jimmy. My girl. How's it going? Better now, Anne. What the hell's happening in your country? Well, a lot of uh, similarities between the states, I tell you. So um, it was very interesting listening to your show. And when we talk about parental rights, there was recently, there's news, the Toronto School Board, they've been run into a little bit of flack because um, there is a particular group that believes that, you know, the story time hours that you have should be mandatory because it is a human rights issue. So giving the parents the opportunity to opt out, there is a part of the community that believes that that's wrong. So there's definitely parents that are pushing back. Um, the Toronto School Board, I think, is in a little bit of a, of a pickle. They're trying to, you know, balance the line uh, between pleasing, you know, parents and a particular group that feels that <laughs> some of these ideas should be forced upon the kids. Um, so, yeah, I, I just wanted to give a little bit of perspective of what's going on up here up north. That, it is so crazy to me, Anne, because... Basically, the tolerance crowd is trying to push a one-size-fits-all worldview, which is not tolerant. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think this is what parents are saying. To each their own, whatever you want to do behind closed doors, we don't care. But what we do care about is when things are being forced upon our students. And I feel really you know, really bad for the Muslim community who is getting branded by this broad stroke of supposedly being influenced by white supremacists. And that's not the case. They have values and culture, and Mm -hmm. we need to respect that. What about diversity and tolerance and letting people live? They they have different rights and and different ideas, and and let's all get along. Uh, Listen, I'm with you, Anne, but that's the problem, is like the people on the left support diversity, but not diversity of thought. They love the diversity of inclusion, but the diversity of thought is like a hate crime. I'm telling you, you should run for prime minister. Have you thought about it? I should, but I'm an American living here, so uh, I'm not sure. There went that. I gave it a shot, (laughs) Ann. Well, if you can can find somebody to uh, endorse, uh, I will throw my weight behind whoever you bring our way. Absolutely. You come to Canada, we'll show you around as well. It's a deal, girlfriend. Be well. I'll see you soon. There she goes. The great Ann in Toronto, Canada, not running. She is just an American living abroad. Here I was thinking I had a candidate for prime minister, but lo and behold. Get her out. Get her out of here. More of your calls after this. 
The critics have spoken. You do that again and I'll break every bone in your body. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the action film that identifies as number one at the box office. Sylvester Stallone is Tranbo. We can't change what we are. The woke military forced an elite commando to switch genders. I didn't want this! They took his nuts. But now he wants them back. You know where they are. Find them. Or I'll find you. Tranbo. Nothing is weird if you don't believe in who you are. Now playing in liberal theaters and coming soon to a women's swimming race near you. And I did what I had to do to win, but somebody wouldn't let us win. Whoa, box office smash. I don't know that they're playing that one up in Canada. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're talking about Justin Trudeau. He was just a jackass, just a pandering idiot. But he wants you to believe the Muslim community is expressing opposition to all of this gender-affirming stuff they're forcing on children because of far-right people on Twitter. Now, here's the thing. I bring this up a lot. I don't bring it up enough, though. Whenever somebody tries to censor speech, well, you can't say that. You can't have people saying these things. Because, you know, people are going to read them and act on them and things are going to happen. Nobody could ever quantify or show you. Like, you know when they said, like, Russia stole the 2016 election? Wrong. Okay, we know they didn't. Okay, but understand, the claim at the time was, yeah, but Putin bought a lot of Facebook ads. He bought a lot of Facebook ads. You're like, all right, great. Can anyone who prove uh, who saw the Facebook ads? The answer would be no. Can anyone prove who saw them and whether or not their vote changed after the Facebook ads? The answer would be no. Does anybody have any idea how many ads are actually on Facebook? It's in the millions. Okay, it's bananas. But the point is they make these big claims. Well, you know, the far right's on Twitter. So Muslim people in Canada are... Adopting views on transgender ideology and pride that they've held for millions of years, you see. Okay, the point is they had these views long before there was social media, but this is why he invokes social media. Okay, the Democrats, and this was the whole disinformation campaign, okay, it went the same way in Canada that it did here. Okay, they tried to force support for their agenda by saying it was a national emergency. And we can't let you express views counter to the agenda for your own good. That's the claim they came up with. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. But remember, that's why you weren't allowed to say on Twitter that vaccinated people get and spread COVID. Not all. You can't say it on Twitter. It's for your own good that you can't say it because other people are going to read it. Then they're not going to want to get vaccinated. But lo and behold, what did we come to find out? Vaccinated people were getting and spreading COVID, meaning what they were protecting you from saying was the actual truth. You understand? And that's what's going on again this time around. You've got your doubt. Well, it's the far right on the Twitter is why the Muslim community feels that way. So what comes next? We can't let the far right on Twitter. We can't let people express this view on social media. Look, it's changing the 
Muslim beliefs, except it's not because they've held these beliefs for millions of years. But that's the scam on the left. You control the language because it allows you to control the people. That's not going to happen on this show. Jason Chaffetz is going to join us to pull the goalie when we come back. Oh, girl, they're playing the theme song from The Wrestler. It can only mean one thing. Joining me now in studio, the Randy the Ram Robinson, <laughs> Fox News. <laughs> Former Congressman, Fox News I want to be like Andre the Giant. That'd be a great one. Jason Chaffetz is in the house. I mean, the Giant would be the guy. Good to see you, man. Um, was he your guy in the 80s? Because I watched a lot of 80s wrestling. Did you care about the? Or did you like Hulk? I mean, the Hulkster was the thing when I well, was. Hulkster was like you know omnipresent, dominant on everything. But was... when Andre the Giant would make a presence, he was just so unbelievable. He was like a wonder of the huge. world. Yeah, have you yes. ever read those stories about how he would drink like three cases of wine with dinner, like a <laughs> bottle of sherry? It's like I, lo- I love those Little stories. Mouthwash. Yeah, yeah. It was like superhuman feats, though. He was like, but a... his hand like could cover yeah. your entire. The Giant Man. That's funny. I once, so this is a good story. Uh, the late, great, leaping Lanny Poffo, who was a wrestler in the 80s. He was the Macho Man's brother, Randy Savage's brother. And he used to uh, famously, like, recite poems before he'd beat up a B-list wrestler on, like, a Saturday wrestling card. <laughs> but he did a really good impersonation of both his brother, the Macho Man, and Andre the Giant. And I was once privy here at Fox to him telling a story where the macho man, as you know, put so much baby oil on himself right. that it made him hard to grip. And he said he had to moderate a fight in the locker room. Is that why you do that? Yeah. <laughs> Security can't get me before I sneak on set. People need to understand, I don't get booked as much as it looks like. I'm just good at getting on camera. And then once it's live, they can't really drag you out of the shot. So anyway, the macho man was using too much baby oil. Uh, the giant didn't like it. So he had confronted the macho man in the locker room. He said it was, like, bad for his back. It was slippery. So leaping Lanny <laughs> Poffo had to moderate this dispute between the giant and the amount of baby oil his brother wanted to wear in the ring. It must have been, like, gallons of baby oil. Oh, so you, ever see, you could see the macho man from space. He was so shined up, and he had Miss Elizabeth and all that stuff. You get in the shower, it doesn't exactly wash right no, off. No, it's there for days and days. But wouldn't you, I mean, but you're also implying the macho man was getting in the shower. They they were a different bunch back then. <laughs> that was a weapon unto itself. You understand wrestling? You got to do what it takes to win. Uh, did we peak as a country in the tail end of the Reagan administration? I sometimes harbor the belief that we did. Oh, those were the good old days. Weren't yeah, they, though? the 80s. Come on. Oh, man. We're doing it wrong. I, I mean, the 80s was just a special time. The worst time for music. The worst time for hair. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It was the worst of a lot of things. Well, I will say But this. it was quintessential uh-huh. America. Thank you. I'll give you that. But this is the one thing I can tell you about fashion. Because every generation's fashion ages poorly. And you have one thing to say about fashion. But yes. No, no. I got plenty to add. But it's like... The things we did for fashion in the 80s, like women teasing their bangs really high or some of the dumb things. Guys were wearing, like, cutoffs and stuff. But we didn't, like, cut off our junk in the name of fashion. Like, I think this generation, I think their choices are going to air worse than ours. You no, know we didn't saying? cut our ears open to throw in some no. piece of wood. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't I, doing that. It was a really, you know, bad red leather coats, you yeah, know, yeah. a la Michael Jackson and stuff. Yeah, but. yeah. 
but but I think that'll still age better. I think that'll age better than a lot of what's going on right now, Jason Chaffetz. <laughs> uh, but I'm bringing all these things up because there was a. We were talking about this before you got here up in Canada. Uh, we have another Canadian on the line that we'll get to. Uh, you know, Justin Trudeau, basically, the Muslim community isn't exactly uh, wholeheartedly embracing the transgender right, movement. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you heard. <laughs> not exactly uh, lobbying to extend Pride Month by an additional week. Uh, <laughs> but Justin Trudeau is trying to blame that on far right commentators, which, you know, the Muslim community has held these beliefs for a long time. But what I see this as is. And they tried to do this during COVID. The reason they outsource someone's beliefs to the right-wing commentators is it gives them grounds to try to ban more right-wing commentators. Isn't that kind of the movie's no, making here? No, they do. They do. Look, I, I, you know, I, uh, I've always thought, wait a second. The Justice Department in the United States has said that um, white supremacy is the number one threat to the United States of America. Why did they do that? Yeah. Because they want power. They want control. Mm-hmm. Same thing as the case here. They want to blame it on MAGA, mm-hmm. far right wing conspiracies so that they can control it. They can regulate it. That then justifies them excluding them for, you know, little things like the First Amendment. Yeah, well, that's what's so fascinating, though, is because the way they sell this and it's effective to a percentage of the population is they got they, they make it sound like, oh, this, you know, this Muslim community, they were fine with little kids chopping off their junk. And then these guys on Twitter came along. It's like, no, no, nobody was OK with these beliefs. Most people have been into a situation of like forced compliance. But that's the danger of the time we're, we're living in is people are making such a great effort to control the language because of the control of people. Yeah, but they go forward. after religion. They go after kids. And then they wonder why they get. Yeah. You know, they're, they're rep- there's a group of people that are repulsed by that. Yes, no. And it's not just the Muslim community, but Hispanic community. The Italian, I mean, you go, go right on down the list, the Jewish community. I mean, you just go right down the list and people are, wait, what? You mean everybody doesn't believe that we should tell, you know, read these books to mm-hmm. these kids? And yeah. Well, that's the part that's so funny is they talk about book bans. But then when someone tries to read the ba- the books that have been banned, they're like, you can't say that on TV. Not on Channel 7. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's 6 almost like news on Channel 7. Are you books. kidding? <laughs> this is my favorite thing DeSantis has ever done is he yeah. got on TV to read the books that were banned. And everyone's like, you can't say that. It's oh, but, but, too play offensive. For, but play them for a kindergarten. It's just fine. Yeah, without it's... Johnny's mom. <laughs> Such a scam. Jason Chaffetz is here, but that's what the left has become. We were talking in wrestling terms. It's a lot of Mr. Fuji going on. Mr. <laughs> Fuji would, like, blow the dust in your eyes and then hit you with stuff you couldn't see. And they're fighting dirty, Chaffetz. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, but let's talk about it. I have Peter. He's in Montreal, Canada, and I wanted to get to his call. So you and I are going to face some live ammo from the Canucks. Peter! <laughs> you're not getting any live ammo from me. You're getting a big pat on the back, uh, Jimmy, because oh. you're telling it as it is. Oh, boy. Well, thanks. I'll take that. I, you never know what you're getting into when you open up the phones in 2023. <laughs> but uh, Ab- so, so you absolutely. live up there. Well, look, I'm a native-born Canadian, lived here all my life. Mm-hmm. What you're saying is exactly right. And Justin Trudeau, don't forget, this is a guy who's won the last two elections mm-hmm. after losing the popular vote mm-hmm. by a slim margin. But, you know, th- this this is it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And you know, during the pandemic, you were talking about that. 
Trudeau went on record on French TV, the most passionate thing. Don't forget the guy's a bad drama teacher. And he was going on, oh, these unvaccinated, you know, we have to remember, most of them are racist and misogynist. Yep, I remember that. This is the unvaccinated. Yeah. It's always divide, divide, divide. It's the politics of division. Canadians are fed up with it. Yeah. I don't know how he still stays in power. Well, I do know, <laughs> but I don't want to bore you. He's made sort of a coalition government with this other party that's pretty much bankrupt, so they don't want an election. They can't afford, you know, they don't have the treasury. So we're locked in with this loon until 2025. Wow, that is crazy. But it's true, Peter. You make and- this yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I, 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 I talk too much. And also, it's probably not on the radar of American news, but Justin Trudeau's got his own China uh, government interference and influence peddling scam going. And the official opposition here is calling public inquiry public. And he's resisting. Oh, no, no. Uh, you know, he's just passed an online censorship bill. C-11, for those who are counting, is the name of it. But nonetheless, you know, they're coming after the Internet. Uh, He's got another battle going with Google and Meta regarding payment for news services. And, uh, you know, it's just exactly as you say. Pick enemies, divide, and all these people want is power. I listen to your show every day, Jimmy, because I'm I'm so fed up with politically correct Canadian radio for the (laughs) most part. Oh, it's terrible. And, And television, too. And you know what? I say to my friends around the world through social media, I say, don't just look at your own backyard in Britain or Canada or the U.S. Look at what they're doing to all of us, because the pattern is the same. USA Democrats, Canadian liberals, uh, the U.K. labor, it's all this you know, globalist hand of crap that's going on, <laughs> because the pattern, look at the pattern. Don't look at the individual country. And you see it. And what you're saying is so true. I'll shut yeah. up now, Jimmy. Oh, <laughs> Peter, you're the man. Dude, great, great call. You have fine taste in radio, I must say. Uh, but no, I kid. Uh, Chaffetz, he's you, you listen to Peter. No, he did, but I like his passion. I like Peter's, uh, you know. Peter should have a talk show. I found him more interesting than any of us. I think, yeah, well, Peter, thanks. you were great. Go do a show in Canada. <laughs> but they probably can't because if you contradicted the narrative, they're like, oh, this guy's out of here. Yeah, no, that, but that video of, it, it, they're so condescending. And they, it just cracks me up that. I, I just never understood how the people that preach the most tolerance are the least tolerant oh, of anybody. Not at all. It's, and that's my favorite thing in the world. There's nobody pushing diversity down your throat supports diversity of thought. Nobody. No? Nobody. No. And that's, again, they get away with not supporting diversity of thought because they say it's not thought. It's hate. Yeah. Well, these aren't thoughts. This is a call to action. <laughs> That's what they do. You remember this when the truckers were protesting, Peter brought it up right there. What did he start saying? He said they were white supremacists. Someone threw a photo on the internet. There was a Confederate flag at one of those yeah, right, Canadian right, rallies. Right. You know, I did so much for these guys. Just shut up and take your vaccine. And what's amazing is you've seen this play out in real time. There was a very heavy handed, okay, authoritarian stance when it came to the vaccine in both countries that they've all tried to distance themselves from now. Trudeau famously said, well, that's why we didn't force anyone to get vaccinated. Right, right. I'm like, dude, you brought in the troops to break up a protest. Yeah, you can sit in this cell yeah. if you want. It's purely <laughs> optional. You know, there's that scene in uh, The Godfather where he's like, I told him either his blood or his brains are going to go on the contract. <laughs> we didn't force him to sign the contract. He made a choice to sign the contract. <laughs> either his, he said I, either his blood or his, his name, either his name or his brains are going to go on the contract. <laughs> yeah, we didn't force him to sign it. We gave him an option. Yeah. Said we would have shot Chose him in the wisely. head. Yeah. Come on. And that's what they did here.
And they fired people. But then they sell it as, well, you know, where are the options? It's, but it's so dumb. And this is like where people listening have to understand the reason we're supposed to go back to that to each his own actual place of tolerance is because it hasn't benefited us to play along with this one-side-fits-all, heavy-handed narrative because everything they've tried to fit to society wound up being wrong. You know, and when you look back at the pandemic, nothing the government did helped. There's nothing you can tell me they did that helped. You might be able to tell me the vaccine helped in some far-flung way. I still don't have the answer because the sale went from you can't get COVID, cannot get COVID, to, well, you can't get as sick as you were going to. No, if you get it. If you get the vaccine, you essentially kill it because you can't get it and you can't transmit it. Yep. Well, that wasn't quite. <laughs> and then you started to get the post. Well, Michelle and I have COVID, but we just want to thank God we're vaccinated or it would have been so much and worse. Then, then they, these people at the CDC would get it for like the third time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were getting, yeah, they, they were getting it like more often. Yeah. <laughs> it's like crazy. And then if you asked, you're like, oh, this is a little weird. I don't understand. You know, I don't understand why. Thank goodness I took it because it really wouldn't have been bad. I probably would have only had it once, but I got it three times. Yeah, next thing you know, you're now like a white supremacist. You're like, what are you taught? I don't even understand. But that's the thing that's going on right now that I hope people get. It's like there's such a war to control speech because it's the easiest way to control people. You don't need troops. You don't need force. If you can't talk, that's it. Yeah. No, that takes it down. and. And they vilify so your neighbors won't want to talk to you about politics or anything. Yeah. You don't want to be associated with no. those evil no. people. Well, yeah. Isn't it crazy, Chaffetz? Um, so here's the deal, man. Uh, I know you got a lot of TV to do this week. I do as well. Just give me some 2024 scuttlebutt before you – insider trading information, before you go share it with the American people. So the biggest mm-hmm. thing that's going to happen this week is James Comer, the Oversight Committee, 1 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, Wednesday. – is going to hold a hearing that should be a blockbuster because not only are you going to, for the first time, see members of the Congress, both sides of the aisle, mm-hmm. have him talk about what was going on and not going on in that investigation, but you're going to have the agent who was the day-to-day person who knows this case inside and out. I believe the members will be able to interview and talk to that person. Nobody knows there's this person's name at yes. this point. Whistleblower X. Comer was on the show earlier. Yeah. He said we're doing this like a reality show, like the masked whistleblower. Yeah. We're going to have to guess. They're going to sing a song before yeah. we. I bet it's Donny Osmond. <laughs> you always go Donny Osmond. But I always go Donny Osmond. Well, ever since his big Safe. surprise is unveil. Yeah, you got to go Donny. But no, th- this is that's going to be the big thing of the week. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. And this is what where, where I think we find ourselves. Because. There was a New York Times article last week that said, like, guys, it's okay to talk about Hunter Biden, you know? Yeah. You're starting to see a lot of periphery, you know, explorations of the idea that maybe Biden's not the guy. The people within the party that want him out realize they have a very tight window to do it, like if he really was going to get bumped off the ticket. And you've been open about the fact that you've said he he isn't running. So I don't think so. Look, uh, I was on Outnumbered earlier Mm -hmm. on, on, on Fox News Channel. And one of the things I talked about is if you look at the Biden, you're all looking at who has the most cash on hand, who raised the most amount of money, and they're all trying to spin which way and the other. The most revealing number to me is Joe Biden's reelection campaign has four staffers. Yeah. Four. You're what? running for reelection of the presidency Dude. of the United States of America. Your election's six months away from the first primary, the first. And you got four people? Yo, DeSantis fired four? more people than that yesterday. Like, that's that's I mean, crazy. People running for, you know, student council have more than four people <laughs> working on it. Yeah, there's a tell there. There is a tell there. And I think what's happening is, 
you know, there is a little more passion on the left side of the aisle to maybe kick the tires on this Hunter story. And I think the end result of this, like, I, I don't actually foresee anyone going to jail or anything like that. But I think the safe out for Biden might be to just go away. And I think within his party, they certainly want him to. They don't want him They'll to come up with some excuse. But let me ask you really quick. Do you think on, do you think on any level they think they can sell Gavin Newsom, given the state of California? I don't know. That is a tough sell. He's a talented politician. You can mm-hmm. say, oh, he kind of, he's much more articulate. Mm-hmm. I I think he'll be in the mix somehow, some way. Uh-huh. The problem is the Democrats don't have any bench. That's the problem. You're going to see Mayor. You would think it would be the vice president. Or Mayor Pete, but they just had another train derailment in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, well, he was playing with the horn, you know. <laughs> woo you know. Listen. Have you ever tried to drive a train and breastfeed at the same time? It's not easy, Chaffetz. Give this guy some credit. Uh, Jason Chaffetz, he's all over your TV this week. Make sure you watch him. Uh, rock and roll, my man. Back Thank after you. this. He's the host you shouldn't get too close to. There's a lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Daddy. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And I think the big headline made today was James Comer, who was on the show earlier in the day, and announced that this Wednesday they'll be holding a hearing featuring the whistleblower we know, as well as a second unnamed whistleblower. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Both sides of the aisle will be able to question them, meaning the Democrats will be like, this is Russian disinformation and a witch hunt. And the Republicans will try to get to the bottom of what appears to be an influence peddling and money laundering scheme. Now, the allegations by these whistleblowers are that the Justice Department slow rolled the investigation into Hunter Biden, stonewalling and exhausting the statute of limitations before they could do their due diligence to hold these guys accountable. And just also the reality that we have a whistleblower on record as saying the Bidens were the subject of a $10 million bribery scheme. This is heavy stuff. And for a president who is the most historically unpopular president at this point in his administration in the history of our country, it could become a seminal day in Biden's presidency and that this could be the beginning of the end. A lot of Democrats do not, do not want him on the ticket. And the only ones who do are the ones who benefit from having him there because his existence in the Oval Office gives them a lot more power behind the scenes. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I don't think anybody can, but that's also what makes him a popular president. Like you and I look at him and go, oh, this guy's a mess. There's no way he can do the job. The people behind the scenes go, exactly. And that's why they want him out there. Let's them do the job. Show's over. Pay up. Get out. I'm on Fox and Friends first thing in the morning. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.